Welcome to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. I'm your host, Leah Bowden, and over here we learn from, celebrate and lean into the teachings of educator Charlotte Mason, whilst focusing on how they truly impact a 21st century expression of childhood, motherhood and education. to the Modern Miss Mason podcast. I hope you've had a great week. Um, it's so great to be back with you. I have been to Stratford-upon-Avon today with my youngest daughter. We met with a group of Charlotte Mason educators and uh, to celebrate, actually, there are picnics happening all over the country this week because our UK and Ireland Charlotte Mason Conversations Group is 10 years old this week. Uh, so I set the group up 10 years ago and so we are celebrating that by just having regional picnics and just gathering together and um, yeah so if you are part of that, if you are in the UK, uh, the group is hosted on Facebook. I know it's not everybody's favourite place but we do try and do um, lots of life outside of that as well and uh, so um, happy anniversary or happy birthday or whatever it is to the Charlotte Mason UK uh, Charlotte Mason Conversations UK and Ireland group um, it has uh, it's just been amazing 10 years growing together from 12 people to almost two and a half thousand educators here in this part of the world so uh, we are going to be um, adding new people to our team, growing stronger and uh, getting a little bit older and wiser over here. So um, it's it's wonderful to see a community grow and I'm excited to take it into its next season. So that is what I've been doing today. And today um, I'm going to be talking to you about 10 ways that technology can support your Charlotte Mason homeschool. So 10 simple ways that technology can really kind of enhance or support what you are doing within your Charlotte Mason homeschool. Uh, before I do that, just to tell you what an amazing week we've had over on the collective. We had our community Q&A this week and it was one of those evenings on Zoom where we actually got through quite a lot of questions. We often only manage about two or three in depth sometimes, but we got through lots of questions, which I loved. Um, but there were, uh, you know, lots of new faces on there. People who've been meaning to get on there for a while finally got onto the to the live Zoom. Obviously, everyone can watch the replay. But there was such a sense of joy and community and um, kind of vulnerability in learning together. And I just loved it. It was such a delight. I felt really privileged to be with this group of women on this page. And um, I'd love you to be a part of it. I'd love you to be a part of this glowing, um, sorry, glowing, growing global community. And there is absolutely a space for you. It is $4.99 a month. We have a regular monthly four live slots book club, Bronte Room for creative and writing work where we can co-work and co-create together. We have a community Q&A 
community Q&A and a monthly workshop with, which has fresh brand new content with everything. We have live slots and then you can watch the replay. As well as all that, you get instant access to almost two years backlog of workshops, the Charlotte Mason um, unbox course and the audio from the 2002 conference. So there's absolutely loads. As well as all that, you get community, you get to hang out off social media, off Facebook, off Instagram, and in a smaller room where you really get chance to get to know each other. So we want you to come. Do not sit on that decision anymore. Sign up this weekend. And then next week we are we have our book club week. So you can come and join us. We are reading Wendell Berry's Hannah Coulter. Even if you've not done the reading, just come and see what that's like and be with us. And then the following week we have the workshop. So there's my little update on what we've been doing in the collective. And I do hope that you will join us. The link to join is in the bio. It's $4.99, great British pounds a month you can cancel anytime and um, I know that we are going to be a richer sweeter community when you come over okay 10 ways technology can support your Charlotte Mason homeschool I um, I know there are lots of conversations about keeping low tech and not having your children on devices and uh, you all can all make your own decisions and around that whatever is right for your family I'm not here to teach you about that or to share about that I'm here to say hey we live in the 21st century we're in 2023 technology is running on and moving fast and um, we actually get to engage with it with our own you know at our own pace and with our own choices but there are various um elements that have been actually helpful to our homeschool journey and I know from talking to you guys and speaking to others that have been helpful to yours as well so um I'm just going to go through these I'm not going to take ages over them some of them you'll be like oh of course we all do this but actually it is part of you know this is not a book it's not a walk in a, in a park it is something completely different that can actually enhance your experience as a Charlotte Mason educator and your kids will love it. So number one is documentaries um, and documentaries have got better and better and better. And some of you may have watched things um, by David Attenborough. Um, there's some wonderful nature documentaries, but there's also documentaries on people from history, about literature. Um, there are some amazing ones. In fact, if you've got any recommendations and you're on the collective, do let us know on there. Or if you want to email me or drop me a DM on Instagram. If you've got documentaries that have been a really wonderful part of your Charlotte Mason education, then come and let me know. So what do we do with these documentaries? Well, I treat the documentary as a living source of knowledge. And so we watch it in small break. We break it down, watch it in smaller parts. And then we, I will say to the children, tell me about it. And if it's a good documentary with a good narrative over it, um, you know, children should be able to tell you back what they have watched and engaged with. So um, it's it's been a great, we don't do that loads. It's not like a weekly thing in our house just because, I'm, you know, we uh, are reading so much and, and there's so many other elements to our homeschool. But when we have done that, 
it's been this really um a really wonderful um addition to what we are learning so number one documentaries number two audiobooks you all know about these and you all love them now audiobooks coming all shapes and sizes obviously you can sign up and pay for audible which is part of amazon but i know there are lots of other um providers i can't remember all the names <laughs> right now because I do use Audible and this is not an advert at all, uh, but I've just, that's the one I've signed up for. But I do know that you can sign up for audiobooks and borrow them from your library. And, um, and there are also, there's Christian audio you can sign up for. And there are many audio um, uh, platforms that you pay, rather than pay for a book every month, you pay a subscription and you can listen to many books. So audiobooks for yourself, for your own intellectual development and growth and mother culture and, uh, you know, your soul care. Get on, I use audio audiobooks often alongside a hard copy of a book. And if I've got time to sit, I will sit and read. If I'm, I've got to be driving or active around the house, then I will often pop my AirPods in and listen to an audiobook. So audiobooks are uh, just getting better all the time you often find in my experience i have just said i'm a member of audible and they have lots of books that you get with your um with your membership and many of them are the fantastic classics bronte's jane austen and they are narrated by actors people with amazing uh, dramatic retellings of these books and so I do enjoy those. I'm just about to start listening to Jane Eyre, actually, and uh, I'm very excited about that. All right, number one documentaries, number two audiobooks, number three is nature apps. So nature apps are super helpful. Yes, I'm an advocate for, um, you know, taking a little field guide with you and seeing if you can see the flower that you're looking at in your field guide. Um, I do love that too. And even from where I'm sitting, I'm looking at a whole shelf of nature books and field guides because I do love them. Uh, but sometimes it can be frustrating because uh, I know here we have, so if, for instance, if you're looking at a yellow wildflower, there are so many that it can take so long that it's quite frustrating but it also is a learning experience kind of going through them all looking at the petals looking at the leaves so it can be a, a, a deeper uh, more meaningful um, learning experience uh, doing it that way but if like me you like to just uh, find out what it is you're looking at so you can make that connection and write it in your journal then I love nature apps and we we use apps to um, identify plants and trees and flowers and then I have a different app for birds and I think there's Merlin but there's a Merlin one which people love um, I um, I use a different one called I'm going to pull it up as I'm talking to you bird net is the one and then the app that we use for plants and flowers is called picture this I don't pay for any of them they ask me to sign up for it every time I open it and I just very graciously say no thank you I just want to know the name of this flower plant or bird so nature apps are fantastic they can really move us on in in how many species we're getting to know but I would say what do you do with it once you know well you know, take your knowledge and do something, ap apply that knowledge. So that's where we can journal about it, talk about it, narrate about it and revisit that plant, flower, 
or birds. So nature apps are fantastic. Number five is scan text, scanning text. Now, this is really using your phone or your iPad or tablet or something like that, where you can get, especially if you're making um, prepared dictation or copywork, you can use your camera or you can use an app, the notes app in your, um, if you've got an Apple phone, and if you use a notes app, it actually has a, a um, you can you can press on scan text rather or, or scan document rather than just take a photograph. And it does focus more on what you're looking at. So I do use that a lot. But even a photograph can do this. So if you're wanting to make um, create some copy work from a book that you're reading, a living book that you're reading, take a picture of the text, take a picture of the words and then what you can do is then press on um, on the, the lines that you want and you can copy and select the, the text, select the lines that you want, copy it and paste it into a document. You can then change the font, format it, print it out and there's your copy work. I, I know, <laughs> I mean, you might be like me if you've been home educating a long time. I, yes, I used to sit there uh, copy typing from books to create um, pieces for my children um, but you know a little bit old school never did anybody any harm but now I do love moving with forward with technology and learning new things all the time so um, try that scan text if you go onto my Instagram and go onto my reels um, there is a reel about prepared dictation and this will tell you how to create it yourself. So you can go see that over there. All right, that's number five. Number six, we're over halfway there. Number six, print art out and trace over it. So this really is, again, finding art images on your computer, downloading them onto your computer and then printing a black and white copy out. And then what I do, so say if you're studying Monet, then you could find a you know Monet print, print it out. And, uh, and then what I often get my children to do is put some tracing paper over the top and go over it, or you can paint on top of it. But it's just another way of engaging with a piece of artwork. Um, using, you know, using Google, using, um, you know, any kind of website that has art prints on it. And you're not doing anything with it. You're not selling it or making anything with it. You're just using it for your children to get up close and personal with a piece of art. Again, if you're on Instagram, go across to my reels. I made a whole reel about this. And so you can see. Um, so we love picture study. I love my children to look at pieces of art, narrate it, you know, maybe draw some images that look like it. Talking about the colours, we'll do colour, colour prints um, with the colours from that, from that piece of artwork. But actually printing stuff out, tracing it, again, it's just another way. It brings more definition to their art study. All right, in kind of in the same vein, we've got number seven, which is Google Arts and Culture. So we all know about Google, you can search and type up anything. Google Arts and Culture is a great, um, I guess it's an app, I use this on my iPad. 
and I use Google Arts and Culture often to do picture study if I don't have a physical copy or a postcard or a book with that particular printing. Now we have one iPad, a family iPad, and it's a decent size, it's one of those older ones. <laughs> and so sometimes um, I will bring up the picture on the iPad. And the cool thing about using Google Arts and Culture is that you can zoom in. And this is something you don't get to do with a postcard or a picture in a book. You don't get to look into the detail of the painting, look at the background, look at the images. And if there's a boat in the background, is there a person on there? We don't get to zoom into the clouds and the trees or the person's picnic basket. And that's what we've really enjoyed is being able to really zoom in and look at the detail of the work as if you were stood in front of it at a, in a gallery and you can actually look at every detail it's so fun so try that google arts and culture it is we use that a lot and also they have um presentations on various artists they have biographies they're not not always written in a living way but maybe as a you know the parent educator you're trying to get a hang of you know who was Renoir how do I how do I really find out a little bit more about him you can do your homework on Google Arts and Culture and then go ahead and find a lovely book to use all right that was number seven number eight I've got down here is podcasts now podcasts are well, here you are. You're listening to a podcast. This is for your learning, growth and development. But I think podcasts are also can be great for children to listen to as well. These are particularly great if you've got long drives and commutes, you're taking them to classes or whatever it is, then have a good look for podcasts. Now, over the years, we have listened to everything from um, uh, Goodnight Stories for Rebel Girls. My daughter and I went through a stage of just listening to those every time we got in the car. And they are very short, snappy little kind of biographies of women just doing awesome things. Uh, we'd listen to science podcasts, history podcasts, uh, podcasts about words and etymology, about literature. And, you know, we've, we've tried and tested lots of them out. And I don't know if they linger as well as other things, other resources, but they can be a helpful addition to something you might be lingering on and learning about. Um, and sometimes it has sparked questions that we have brought back home with us and got some books out and learned a little bit more. So podcasts are great. Um, you can also find podcasts that actually just read books to children. Uh, you can find podcasts that have book clubs and book discussions. So, um, yeah, that's another great one there. And that is number eight. Number nine, I've written down here research, pronunciation and etymology. So basically, um, you know, however, uh, we, we you know, you want your children to use this a thesaurus and a dictionary. Absolutely. But computers and technology are really good for a quick definition or a quick, um, you know, how do I use this word in a sentence? And so we absolutely use a mixture of an, a, hand, a book in hands dictionary right through to Alexa, how do I spell this word? So if your child is, um, especially with older children, they need to do a little bit of research for something they're writing, a composition or something like that, or they want to learn how to pronounce something, then the computer is great for that. And we often use, um, use Google pronunciation where you can actually click on the little, um, 
the little sound icon and it tells you exactly how to pronounce something. So if you're reading something that's complicated, there's a, a place name or a person's name, it can sometimes be hard. So you just click on that and it tells you how to do it. Etymology, where do words come from? What's the root of that? Uh, again, I'd be using um, the, the computer to do that. And then what do you do with what you find? Well, that's your choice. Then that's your decision. You know, if we if we have new words, we've we've learned a new word. We know the understanding. When then we're asking the question, how do I put it into a sentence, and how do I use it once or twice before the end of the day? Um, I like to keep, or we like to keep, notebooks with words that we've learned, their meanings and their etymology, um, in in those notebooks. So. I think, you know, the computer, the laptop is great for research, pronunciation and etymology. Um, I have a, a tenth one. I actually have a few more. So I'm going to add a few more into this as well. Uh, but number 10 I've got here is music playlists. Use your music app, Spotify, Apple Music, whatever you use. Um, create playlists for your children to listen to. Create playlists that you can have playing throughout the house in the morning. So we've again we've gone through different phases of this. I from the very beginnings of my home educating days, we would just put classic FM on and we would just listen to that. That would be on in the background as we were milling about the house, getting breakfast, getting ready for the day. And then I've gone through many years of being very intentional about creating monthly playlists. And on my monthly playlist would be a hymn, a folk song, um, a spiritual, a gospel song, a worship song. Um, and then there would be, um, I'd throw different things in there, like a dramatic reading of a, a Shakespeare play and obviously a piece of classical music. And throughout the month, we'd just play that on repeat. And then once a month, we'd sit down with one individual piece, look at the lyrics, listen to the words, listen to the music and actually do more of a study on that. Um, if you're on Apple Music, um, I do my my account is mostly shareable. So if I start doing those again, you guys can have a look for those. I don't think I have those on my account anymore uh, because it was taking up lots of space because you have to download all the music, don't you? Um, so so music. And the other thing I discovered the other day was Apple Music and Spotify may do the same, but Apple Music have a specific app called Apple Music Classical. And on this, uh, which is part of my membership, and on this, it, it, and it just is fantastic. Um, you can browse comp composers, periods of music, genres, conductors, orchestras, soloists, on ensembles and choirs. And you can just go and find um, maybe a period of history that you're studying and you want to find some music to go with that. Maybe there's a particular composer that you your children listened to one piece and they loved it. Well, go and find some more. See what else they did. And so I highly recommend. I have just started using that this week, and um, it is it is great. So it is part of Apple Music, but it's Apple Music Classical. Uh, so that is that. Um, the the I guess the last one that I'm going to throw in here is Chat GTP AI. And some of you may go, no, I'm so glad she didn't say that. Um, but it, with all of these things, it's how you use them. Um, they're not a slave to, to us and we are not a slave to them. We get to choose to engage if we so wish. Um, and what I found, what's interesting with ChatGTP, it's interesting for 
um, um, editing. So putting a putting a, a paragraph in there and just saying, hey, let, let's see what um, how we could write this better. And so you could have some fun with that. Get some written narrations, pop them into chat GTP and, and give give an instruction. Um, do not change the voice. Check the spelling and the grammar and then have a look at the changes. Uh, and this is great. If you're not the best editor, maybe you're a parent teacher who has dyslexia and you just could do with a little bit of help with that. Well, these tools can be really helpful. Uh, yes, they can be abused. Yes, they can be used for all the wrong reasons, of course. But why not have a go and try and find out some interesting things like that? Another fun thing you can do again alongside your children is ask ChatGTP to write a story with five, um, you come up with five things. So it has to have a cow in there. It has to have a park. It has to be set in Greece, you know, whatever you want. Um, you could do a historical one and you tell ChatGP, okay, this is for an eight-year-old child and we want it to be done, uh, written in a narrative form, um, um, inspired by a living book, with, uh, you know, and, and mention Charlotte Mason and see what it comes up with. And um, that is really fun as well. So, I mean, again, you tell me, how are you using AI if you are using it? And uh, it can be fun and useful, but again, we use it for our good and uh, we're not a slave to it and they're not a slave to us either. So there are 11, I did say 10, but there are 11 uh, possible ways that technology can support your Charlotte Mason homeschool. I'm sure you use many of them. Please do feel free to email me modernmissmason.gmail.com if you would like to comment um, or share how you use technology in your Charlotte Mason homeschool. I know there are many more. Um, I just thought I'd keep it at that length for this weekend. Well, I hope that's been helpful to you and I'll be back on Monday with our coffee chats. I hope you all have a great weekend, whatever you are doing. And um, yeah, it's been lovely to spend time with you this week, whether you've been with us on The Collective or listening to the podcast. Sending you lots of love to you and your families and I'll speak to you next week. Mm -hmm.